Well, good morning. How's everyone this morning? So, is all the tears going now? Got them ready, ready just to, okay. Get all the tears out of the way. So, you know, Pastor Randy for like 12 weeks spent uh, this whole message series talking about questions. So I thought, well, what a better way to start off today than with a question, okay? Only this isn't a question that Jesus asked. This is a question I'm asking. So our question to get us started is this. What would you say as you sit here this morning is the quality of your life right now? Interesting question, huh? What's the quality of your life? Are you sitting there and you're like, you think about it and you're like, man, my life's good. Everything's good. It is excellent. Uh, or is it like, eh, it's okay. It's, yeah, all right. Uh, or is it maybe my life stinks, Kim? As I'm sitting here, yes, yeah, I question. Let me tell you, my life stinks. I think whatever our answer might be this morning, I think there's a good chance that we're measuring this quality of our life based on our current circumstances. You know, maybe what popped in our mind is our financial situation and how good or bad that is, uh, how well our career is going, maybe how well a relationship is going or not, or maybe whether or not we're dealing with some kind of a really significant challenge or hardship in life right now. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. These are not an accurate measure of the quality of our lives. And the reason that they're not is because our real life, it's not out here. Our real life is actually in here. Major point for today, your real life is your inner life. It's our inner life that's telling the real story of our lives. It's our inner life that is the one that, that we are bringing to the circumstances surrounding us, the life around us that we're living. This is the life. The inner life is the life in which we are living from. So for instance, are you, am I, living from a sense of joy and satisfaction inside, inwardly? Are we living from a place of peace and contentment? Are we living with an internal energy and enthusiasm? Are we living from a sense of just being safe and loved? Or are we, are you, am I, living kind of from this place of just turmoil and confusion? Are we living from a place of fear and anxiety and worry? Are we living from a place of just frustration and dissatisfaction and irritation? Are we perhaps even living from a place of like anger and resentment? We need to be aware because our inner life, that's our real life, the one that we are living from. Now, I know there's at least one yeah, but out there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but Kim, my inner life would be a whole lot better if my outer life wasn't so bad, right? We tend to think that our outer circumstances determine our inner condition. So when life is good out here, then all will be good in here. And that may be true to some small degree. You know, I got a new car, woo, everything's good inside, I'm happy, you know. I got that promotion at work, all is good. My inner self is happy for a little while, for a moment. But when we're not talking about those little bursts of circumstantial changes that create that shift in our in, internal life. For just a moment, what we're talking about is when it's just you and me. 
when we're just left alone by ourselves. Listen to these words of a really great theologian, Brad Pitt. And he said this, he says, man, I know all these things are supposed to seem important to us, the car, the condo, our version of success, the outer life. He says, I'm sitting in it and I'm telling you that's not it. I'm the guy who's got everything, outer life. But I'm telling you, once you've got everything, then what? Then you're just left with yourself, your inner life. And he says, it doesn't help you sleep any better and you don't wake up any better because of it. And here's the thing, we often hear this about famous people. You know, they, they say these kinds of things. But I don't know about you, but I got people in my life, very ordinary people, that this perfectly describes just as much. Things are great outwardly, but inside they're miserable. And you go, why? Why are you so miserable? And as much as we wish that we could make lasting changes to our inner life by just making changes on the outside, it simply doesn't work. You see, lasting change requires that we focus our attention and we pour our energy into our real life, our inner life, something we tend not to do. We tend to focus our, our attention and pour our energy and our outer life, don't we? So, so here's another question. Let's consider this one. What do we really want? You and I, all human beings, what do we really want? If we were on the family feud and Steve Harvey said, we surveyed 100 people and the top three answers are on the board to this question, what do human beings really want? What do you think the top answer would be? You notice how I did that so well? It's because I used to watch Family Feud with my parents all the time. <laughs> I think the top answer would be happiness, don't you think? But is that really what we want? Or do we want something much deeper? I think we do, I think it's something much deeper and I think the creator of the universe showed up on the planet some 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus. And he came announcing to us that he came to give us this something much deeper, that he knows is what we really want. In John's gospel, Jesus' words are recorded in this way. He says, the thief, and he's talking about the evil one, Satan, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy, but he says, I, Jesus speaking, I have come that they may have life and have it how? To the full. And then in the version of the Bible, the NLT, it, it kind of, I think, unpacks a little bit fullness, a full life force. He says, my, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Folks, we don't want just a happy life. We want a full life. We want a rich and a satisfying life. And that's what Jesus comes offering us. But we gotta understand, it's not an out here circumstantial kind of thing it's an in here condition condition of our souls because life in all its fullness is an internal thing it's the inner life fullness of life is living from a place of peace and joy and satisfaction and contentment and energy and enthusiasm and strength and courage and love and safety living from that kind of an inner life no matter what our external circumstances might be. So our, our creator, he knows that this is what we really want. 
And he knows it because he's the one who designed us to really want it. He created us. So therefore, he also knows what it is that you and I really need in order to get this thing that we really want. And what we really need, it isn't an out here circumstantial kind of thing. It's an in here condition. And I think Psalm 62, it kind of speaks to this need. And that's what I want to unpack for us today. It simply says this, rest in God alone, my soul. My soul, your soul, my inner life, your inner life, it needs rest. Today we're talking about soul rest, soul rest. Now I wonder what kind of picture comes to your mind when you think of soul rest, of your soul needing rest. My guess it's sort of that idea of like, we need some quietness, right? We need solitude, sitting alone by a stream, you know, climbing a mountain alone. Or or we need to just kind of slow down our pace of life and we need to take a Sabbath rest from work. All those are great things. Those are wonderful and they are beneficial to our souls in this hectic, chaotic, busy world we live in, no doubt. So I'm not knocking any of that kind of rest, but what I want to suggest to you today is that there's another kind of rest that our souls desperately need, I think. So let's talk about rest for a moment in relation to our physical bodies, okay? We, we all know our physical bodies need rest on a regular basis, right, or we're in trouble. And the very most important kind of rest our bodies need is what? Sleep, right? We cannot survive without sleep. It, it greatly impacts our day. I mean, think about it. After a restful night of sleep, we feel good, right? <laughs> we, we have a clarity of mind. We, we sort of have an, an energy, uh, an enthusiasm even. We, we definitely just bring a better version of ourselves to our day. But after a restless night of sleep, mm, we lack energy. We feel tired. You know, what we kind of feel like that brain fog thing is happening, right? We might even feel a little grumpy and a little irritable. And we just sort of tend to approach our day with this negative bent, this negative mindset. So rest in the form of sleep is something that our bodies desperately need. It's really, really important, right? And here's the thing about sleep. On the surface, it it appears to be this very passive kind of inactive thing, doesn't it? We just conk out and we're just out. But as we are conked out, it is not a passive and inactive thing that's going on in our brains. As we sleep, our brain is actively processing what's been happening when we are awake. I mean, studies of the brain show this, that basically here's three big things that are happening, what our brains are doing, how they're processing what's been going on. They clear out toxins that have built up during the waking hours. Our brains create these new connections, and studies show that sometimes it even makes the associations that lead to those aha moments in our waking hours. And then it definitely does this. It re-energizes the body's cells. A restful night of sleep is not a passive activity. It is the result of our brain actively processing the stuff that's been going on 
and our waking hours. So what I wanna suggest for us today is that this is also really important for soul rest as well. Rest in God alone, my soul, maybe we could also say process your life with God, my soul. Clear out those toxins that have built up in your inner life. Make some new connections, get some new insights, get a new perspective, and then get re-energized in a whole new way. I think we all desperately need this kind of soul rest. And folks, this is something that we cannot do alone. This isn't a solo activity. And that's why the one who created us and he came to give us this full and satisfying life that we long for, he says this is recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and you carry heavy burdens. And what's he say? I will give you rest. Take my yoke. He's talking about his teaching, his ways. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart and you will find what? Rest for your souls. Now, it's always really important that anytime we look at a portion of scripture that we understand the context of that scripture. And Jesus was actually talking about the religious system that was created by the religious leaders of his day. You see, the religious leaders, they had placed this heavy burden of rules and they said that people must adhere perfectly to these rules, these religious rules, if in order for God to be pleased with, uh, with them. And so they, in the process of doing that, they, they just painted this very harsh and demanding picture of our God. And Jesus came to show us that God is nothing like that. He was saying that he didn't come to burden us with a bunch of rules that we must adhere to or standards that we have to live up to. He came to restore a relationship with each one of us. He came to help us understand who Jesus is, who God is himself, to reveal to us the heart of God, to help us see and understand what God is really like, and then to also understand ourselves and how it is that we've been created to live. His teaching shows us how to live. So he's not, not he didn't come demanding something from us, he came wanting something for us. Life to the full, a rich and satisfying life that we discover not from rules, but in a relationship with him. So you see, each time you and I come to him in that context, a relationship founded on trust, confident that we are loved, then we can learn how to process our lives with him and find true rest for our souls. Now, I bet someone's still thinking, Kim, what are you talking about processing my life? Why do I need to do this? Well, before we talk about the why, let's talk about the when, okay? Because here's the thing. Did you know that our bodies naturally send out big warning signals to us when we are in need of some processing time with Jesus? A another name for these warning signals are our emotions, right? Strong negative emotions are, are, they're like these warning signals for our soul. They communicate to us that our soul is restless, restless. 
that our soul needs time alone with Christ our creator in order to process our life so that we can once again find rest, find rest in him. You see, I think the negative emotions, they're kind of like the check engine light on the dashboard of our car. You know how Pastor Randy last week, he said, we just lost the lights there. Uh, Pastor Randy, they're getting ready to show you a clip. Last week, Pastor Randy, he showed you a clip from one of his uh, favorite shows, Seinfeld. Well, I want to show you a little clip from one of mine, The Big Bang Theory. When the check engine light comes on, we need to check the engine, right? The light on the dashboard, it is there to help us. It's to let us know that there's a problem and this problem needs to be diagnosed and the problem needs to be fixed. And for most of us, that means that we need to take the car to an expert, right? Someone who is able to diagnose and fix the problem. And I just think this gives us a really good word picture for our restless emotions. I mean, whether we find ourselves feeling frustrated and irritated, or we find ourselves feeling anxious, maybe depressed and sorrowful, maybe confused, maybe angry or lonely, these restless emotions, they're signaling us. They're making us aware that something isn't right in our souls. Something needs diagnosed and it needs repaired. Something is in need of processing. So restless emotions are the when, but let's go back to the why question now. Why is it so important that we regularly process our lives with Jesus? Here's why, because if we don't, we will get stuck in an unhealthy and unhelpful loop. You see, when we don't regularly process our lives with Christ, our creator, we start to disentangle ourselves in some very unhealthy thought patterns. I like to call it stinking thinking. Mm -hmm. And also some very afflictive emotions, unhealthy emotions. And here's what we tend to do. We tend to either replay and rehash the past that we cannot change, or we do this. We rehearse and re ruminate over the future that we cannot control. That is so important, I'm gonna say it again, okay? We tend to either replay and rehash the past that we cannot change, or we rehearse and ruminate over the future that we cannot control. How many times have you, have I, found ourselves that we had this difficult situation, maybe a situation at work, or among friends, or in family, and our way of processing it was just to continue thinking about what happened over and over and over and over again, as if it's gonna change things. We just keep replaying and rehashing the conversation, and the more that we think about it and replay it, just the more restless we become, right? Our emotions get worse and worse, more and more restless. And sometimes there's things from our lives that might be years past. 
some regrets, things that we did. And still years later, we're replaying and we're rehashing and we are reliving the guilt and the shame over and over again. And then sometimes, you know, it, the, those situations we deal with, as opposed to continuing to replay them, sometimes we look ahead and we imagine the conversation that we want to have with that person at work, with that boss, right? And I'm going to go in and I'm going to say this, and then he's going to say that, and then this is what I'm going to say and I'm going to do, and then I'm going to get fired. <laughs> and we keep ruminating over just something we've created in our minds, a scenario we rehearse and we renuminate, and the, the tension, and the angst, and the restlessness just keep building. It's kind of like an episode of another one of my favorite shows, Star Trek, when the Starship Enterprise gets stuck in a loop, and the crew in this episode, they just keep reliving the same day over and over again. We get stuck in a loop of unhelpful and unhealthy thoughts and emotions. We're either rehashing the past that we can't change or we're ruminating on the future that we can't control. And Jesus comes today saying, I've got a far better way for you to process your lives. He says, come to me. Come to me, process your life with me so that you can break free from the unhealthy and unhelpful cycles and so that you can find true rest a deeper kind of rest for your soul. So how do we get it? How do we, how do we get it? How do we do this? How do we get this kind of rest for our souls? What does this processing our lives thing actually look like? Well, in Psalm 62, we started this idea of soul rest in verse five where it says, you know, rest in God alone, my soul. And if we just go down a few more verses in that same Psalm, chapter 62, it actually tells us, I think it gives us a how-to. And it says, pour out your hearts before him. Pour out your hearts, God is our refuge. And this is where it starts, this latter part, God is is our refuge, the safest place, we sang it in that song, the safest place we can ever be is in his presence and in the center of his will. There's no safer place. Now I know that there may be some here today that that's a hard one to swallow. You see, God the creator has been presented to you as anything but someone that you would feel safe with, that you would see as your refuge but it's the people who present God in the negative ways as harsh and demanding, just like the religious leaders of Jesus' day. They're the unsafe ones, not our Lord and Savior, not our Creator. The God who created you, He loves you immensely. His love for you is unconditional, it's unfailing, and it's a sacrificial love. He has demonstrated for all of humanity that He is the safest person in the universe, as Pastor Randy often says, and then he cries when he says that, you know. Don't you love that about our pastor, that his heart is so tender toward our God, that when he talks about him, he cries. I just love and admire and appreciate that about our pastor so much. His love is so sacrificial, so unfailing, 
and he's the safest person in the universe and he demonstrated by allowing himself to be crucified on a cross. At no time did he force himself on anyone or his will. At no time did Christ use his power to stop what evil sought to do to kill him. He sacrificed himself to allow evil to expose itself so that we could see, just like he said, that evil seeks to kill and destroy and steal all that is good, right? That's what Jesus told us. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give you life to the full. So pouring out our hearts is about dumping, releasing, unloading all those thoughts and emotions that have gotten caught up in that loop of rehashing the past and rehearsing the future to the safest person in the entire universe. Now think about this. Remember how we said that our brains are busy as we sleep and one of the things they're busy doing is clearing out the toxins that have built up? Well, pouring out our hearts, it's about clearing out those toxic negative thoughts and emotions. And it's not that our emotions are bad, it's just that they become toxic to our souls when they're allowed to linger in our souls. And so processing begins with just clearing out the negative thoughts and emotions by just pouring out our hearts to him. God, I'm feeling so angry right now. God, I, I'm confused. I don't understand what's going on. God, I'm, I'm scared. God, I feel so alone. I feel like nobody cares. I'm all alone in this. We just pour out our hearts, our thoughts and our emotions to the safest person. Now, I think many of us, we find this fairly easy to do with people. You know, we're pretty good at, at, at unloading this stuff with a few close friends or some family members. And that can help to some degree, but I think the problem is that our friends or our family aren't as safe as we might think. I think, that sounds terrible, Kim. Why would you say such a thing? And they don't realize it. They mean well, but too often they don't actually help us process what we are pouring out. You see, they, they tend to simply affirm and validate our feelings. Yeah! And that's what we want, right? We want somebody going, yeah! And so they end up just kind of fanning the flame. And they cause us to get stuck in our emotional, unhelpful, unhealthy loop instead of processing our way out of it. But Christ... Christ is our ultimate safe place because he doesn't just want us to feel good, he wants our highest good. He's, he's seeking our highest well-being, which is to break free from the unhealthy and unhelpful thoughts and emotions. You see, with Jesus, we're able to get unstuck and then we're also able then to make these new, helpful, much-needed connections. So think back to what we said about our brain again as we sleep. Part of the processing of our brain that our brain does is making these new connections, we said, sometimes even causing aha moments in our waking hours. And that's exactly, that's exactly what Christ wants to do to help us as we process our lives with him. He wants to give us new understanding. He wants to give us new insight, new perspectives about himself, about ourselves, about life in general. Look what the psalmist says 
in 139, he says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and my soul. You understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. And it says, I love this, you are so intimately aware of me, Lord. No one knows me better than Christ, my creator. He even knows us better than we know ourselves. So it's only with him and through him that you and I can come to new connections and those needed aha moments for our lives. As we pour out our emotions, we can ask, we are safe to ask the all-important question, why, Lord? Why am I feeling this way? And to the one who knows me so well and who's the safest person in the universe, I can ask what the psalmist went on to say, investigate me, God. Know my heart, test me, and know my troubled thoughts, my heart and my thoughts. And it says, Lord, Lord, see if there's any way in me that causes pain. You see, I need to understand what's going on inside of me. Chances are that my problem isn't just an out here circumstantial kind of thing, but it's an in here problem as well. And I need help figuring out why my troubled thoughts, what what it is that they're all about. What's going on inside me? What are the ways in me that are causing this restlessness and this pain? I need to understand that. So processing means that I ask Christ to help me see and understand things inside of me about myself. Lord, why am I feeling what I'm feeling right now? Why am I so scared? Why am I so angry, Lord? Why am I reacting the way that I'm reacting? What is it that's triggering this in me? What has caused this trigger? Or what is the trigger causing it? Kind of two sides to that. How am I perceiving the situation in a way that it may not be accurate? I'm seeing it through lenses that that aren't accurate at all. So how do you see it, Lord? What am I missing? Listen carefully to this. You and I cannot become mature, healthy people without this kind of inner awareness and inner work. You see, it's only as we allow God's light to shine in those dark places of our soul that we are then able to get the real answers and the real solutions that we need for our real lives, our inner lives. I recently was majorly blessed by someone in this church who decided that I needed a window in my office. And uh, I I have a lovely office, but it was a bit dark and and a little cave-like, you know, and this wonderful man named Bill from our church, he took it upon himself to cut a hole in the wall and put this beautiful window in for me. So just yesterday, I was up here at the church to work, and one other staff member and a close friend happened to be in the office as well, and I'd open my door, and just the light came beaming in as I opened the door to my office, and she, and her words were, wow, just that little bit of light makes a huge difference and I thought yes the same is true for our souls even a little bit of God's light shining into the dark places of our souls it will make a huge difference freeing us from unhealthy thoughts and emotions and bringing about this deeper level 
of healing in our souls. See, when you and I, when we are open to receiving truth about ourselves, what's really going inside of us, what the fear is really about, what our true motives really are, what's really going on, then we start to gain new insights. And we're able to see things now from God's perspective. And not only do we just see things differently, but we will start to think differently about them. Even though nothing has changed out here, we are changing in here. And it starts with these renewed minds. Renewed minds. Look at the Apostle Paul's word, words in Romans 12. He says, let God change you inside. How? With a new way of thinking. Then you'll be able to understand and accept what God wants for you. You'll be able to know what is good and what is pleasing to him and what is perfect. New connections that we've gained through processing our lives with Christ, our creator. So you see, now with these toxic emotions cleared away as we've poured out our hearts to him and these new connections made and how we see and how we're thinking about things, now we're ready for a whole new approach, you know, a new way of dealing with a situation or maybe a whole new way of dealing with life in general. The psalmist says this in chapter 25, show me the right path, O Lord, point out the road for me to follow, lead me by your truth, truth about yourself, truth about life, and the truth about me, for you are the God who saves me. Lord, show me your way of handling this. Save me from my darkened thinking and, and darkened reactions. Rescue me from the toxic emotional loop of just replaying things that I can't change or ruminating on the things I can't control. Show me your way, Lord. Show me your way through all of this. And then through all this processing, we also gain something else that we all desperately need. The Apostle Paul speaks to this in Philippians 4. I can do all things through Christ because what's he willing to do? He gives me strength, his strength. Through processing my life with, with Christ, I come not only out on the other side, not only free from these toxic emotions, not only with this new thinking and new approach to my situation, but my soul, my inner life, it's re-energized. And it has this new inner strength from Christ my creator that now I can bring out to my life out here, but it's an inner strength that comes from him, him in here. Christ who gives me strength. Christ wants to do a deeper, much deeper work in each one of us a kind of work that will bring about a whole new kind of rest for our souls, a kind of rest that's going to clear out the toxic thoughts and the negative emotions, a kind of rest that it's going to make new connections and renew our minds and, and lead us along a new path, a kind of rest that's going to give us a renewed inner strength that we need for this life. But he can't get us this kind of rest for our souls if we don't come to him regularly for this work of processing our lives with him. A few years back, um, I had this pair of sandals that I just loved and they broke. And normally, you know, a pair of shoes, you're just 
gonna toss them, go get a new pair of sandals, but I really love this pair of sandals. So I did the old fashioned thing and I'm like, I'm gonna go to a cobbler. I'm gonna go to a shoe repair shop. And so I went downtown Frederick and I found this shoe repair shop. And the cool thing was they had this sign in the window that said shoe repair while you wait. And I was like, awesome, I'll get the shoes fixed today, right away. This was great news for me. So I dropped the shoes off with the cobbler and, uh, and then I just took a little stroll downtown and thought I'll do some shopping, you know, while he fixes my shoes. So I went along, I waited about an hour or so and then I came back and I walked in and the cobbler, the man said, oh, you're back. And I said, yes, I'm here. And so he proceeds to go over to the shelf and pick up my broken shoes and put them in front of me and fix them. The sign did say, wow, you wait. It's like, okay. Soul repair. Soul repair is the same. It requires the same. It's while we wait, meaning we need to be present. And I say that because if you're anything like me, your prayer life tends to be kind of like when situations arise, things happen, and you just kind of throw up a prayer and say, Lord, just take care of this. You know, and I just, I just want to throw it at him and then walk away, go about my life and know that he's taking care of it and he's going to make sure the situation is fixed. He's going to fix all, all the outer circumstances. All I have to do is just throw it away, throw it up to him and then walk away. He'll take care of it. And Jesus says, no, it's not how it works. It's not how it works. He says, come to me. Process your life with me in my presence. And it's then, it's then that you and I will find rest for our soul. So folks, when our emotions start flashing on the dashboard, the next time we need to go to Christ and we need to allow him to just do a deeper work in our souls. It will take time and we need to give him that time as we just pour out our hearts to him and then invite him to investigate our hearts, to investigate our thinking, our reactions, our fears, our motives, and then give us a new perspective, give us new insights. Ask him to show us a new way, a new approach, and then just lean into that supernatural inner strength that comes from Christ our creator. It's through this kind of a processing that we find a deeper and lasting rest for our souls. So we started with that question, what's the quality of your inner life, your real life, or what's the quality of your life, your, your real life, your, your inner life? And, and if your answer was, ah, it's not so good, then the question that we need to leave here with today is the question that Jesus had once asked a paralyzed man. It's recorded in the uh, Gospel of John, the fifth chapter. Jesus says, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? And he's asking each one of us today. Because see, he showed us the way now to experience healing and freedom and to break free from the loop of rehashing the past we can't change or ruminating the future we can't control. And it's a simple one. He says, come to me. 
Come to me, process your life with me, and you will find rest for yourselves. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this promise, because it is, it's just that, it's a promise. If we come to you, we will find rest. So Lord, I pray for each person here. I pray that we will want to get well, and that we will be moved to come to you to pour out our hearts, to invite you to investigate our hearts, to make those new insights that we need, a new approach for life, and then to lean in to that supernatural strength that you want to give us. May we find rest for our souls starting this day as we come to you, our Lord and our Savior, and the safest person in all the universe. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.